Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something Welcome to another episode of, I don't know, are we calling it Paratruth or Paratruth Radio now? <laughs> <laughs> I just go, it doesn't really matter because they're one and the same, really. So, <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio, guys. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, tonight we've got another episode in the, uh, is it the High Seas series? It is the, I don't know. Monsters and Myths of the High Seas, I think, is what we're going with. Something that's, like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Um, so uh, before we get started into that, Eric, I wanted to ask you, have you seen recently the uh, the uh, surge in Bigfoot sightings lately? I have, actually. I've <laughs> noticed it in Google, and then I've also seen it on TV a couple of times, which is interesting. So I was... I guess we really don't have to touch base on it or do an episode on it, but I thought it was kind of interesting that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we're seeing high amounts of, of both UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings. Right. Which, you know, as we've talked about, they've lately, for some reason, have kind of linked together these UFOs and right. Bigfoot and them being aliens. You know what else I noticed, though? It I don't know if aliens is becoming like this overall uh like this box that their people are putting cryptids in umbrella more and yeah more right there's more and more cryptids not showing up but that are being spoken of uh just the other day i was watching something on the windigo and one of the leading theories about the windigo is that it's actually a extraterrestrial from another galaxy distant from here uh and i'm thinking to myself like why is it all these cryptids are starting to suddenly become aliens as opposed to our own <laughs> uh you know earthly planet right yeah. creatures <laughs> Uh, and the only thing I could think of is because people aren't finding significant evidence, uh, they're just going to throw it into this box and toss it out there because they don't need the evidence necessarily if they're aliens, because it's so hard to find aliens. You can't go out into the distant galaxy and, uh, you know, try to find these things. And I don't know if that's such a good thing, though, because once we start labeling these guys as aliens and this and that. I mean, we're kind of giving up on this whole idea of searching for evidence in terms of the cryptids, you know, because aliens are just very right. broad species uh, to be trying to find. Right. Well, it's alien to us that just because it, they are not human, they're something else altogether. But to just throw them in the UFO bin, yeah, that same thing. Like, uh, I, th I we did kind of mention this before on certain cryptids. A lot of them are being thrown into the interdimensional right. bin, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I think it's just an 
easy way to to give a pass on, on these particular types of creatures. You know, it's like the Bigfoot. How long have people been searching for evidence? And all the evidence that we have is nothing more than photos or videos, all of which are fuzzy. Um, and there's no significant proof otherwise. You know, hair samples come back as an actual animal that they can that we can define, like a coyote or deer. Uh, scat, same thing. Uh, footprints. They're just footprints that could have been made by anybody. Somebody could have been out there casting their own fake prints. Could have been a host, uh, so yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's like it, it's a little disappointing to me. You know, I think because it's just like we're starting to become so broadened on this idea of aliens, and I think that has a lot to do with the recent uh, evidence or uh, not evidence, but the recent uh, documents that were released by the government. Oh yeah, uh, that talks about UFO. They renamed them UFPs, not UFOs. You know, instead of a uh, unidentified flying object, it was become, or at least they're trying to make it the government that is uh, unidentified flying phenomena. Uh, what the difference is exactly, I don't know. Other than maybe phenomena compared to object, you know, phenomena may not be an object per se, but uh, right. you know, something like a portal. Uh, or something that's just not tangible per se. But yeah, well, so I don't a, know, man. It's an easy way for them to call people crazy because if it's an object, it's a physical thing that they can document. Phenomena just means, well, somebody saw something out there. It doesn't mean that it was an actual object of some kind. Right, right. But you know what? In, in terms of these objects, there is something I saw last night on... Uh, Paranormal Cotton Camera. If you guys haven't checked that out, it's it's an interesting show. I think a lot of the video on there can be debunked, and it's kind of disappointing that the hosts, uh, or at least the people who comment—I should say the commenters—that's what they are, commentators—they um, don't go out of their way to try to disprove some of these videos. It's just all about, oh yeah, that that could be real and it's frightening and this and that. But there was one video regarding a UFO. This guy wasn't sure if it really was a UFO. It stuck around for several days. Uh, but out in the distance, he he had this uh, zoom camera that he was able to zoom in pretty good on. And it looked like multiple rings glowing multiple colors circling around each other, going flat and creating a multi-dimensional circle, like four or five circles within each other. Uh, and then it'd start spinning again. And they'd start, uh, these circles would be passing over one another like crazy. It was weird. It was the weirdest thing I've seen uh, in, in terms of U- UFO uh videos and it was just it was odd and i was like that's weird you know and it could be like he said he thinks maybe it was a portal or something and you know a lot of these ufo uh discussions have actually uh been directed towards the idea that maybe these are portals or breaks uh within our time uh time space continuum kind of open up for a moment looking like these ufos these silver discs and then snapping shut again yeah and that's interesting. Um, for so for those rings, was it pretty hard to debunk? Oh, I couldn't debunk it at all. I mean, it was okay. the craziest thing I've seen on video. Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, folks, tonight is not about Bigfoot and UFOs, but uh, I did want to bring it up because it is an ongoing thing that's happening quite often now. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about a creature. I, w- I want to call it the Luska, but I like its its more uh, generic name, the Sharktopus, <laughs> just because it <laughs> sounds like a horror story or horror movie. <laughs> but 
But uh, this is a, a creature from uh, Caribbean folklore. Uh, I, I mean, there are people that say they have witnessed it uh, even to this day or uh, 2011. There was supposedly a, a body that wa- washed up on Grand Bahama Island. So reading through this evidence, I, I was looking through it. It's interesting, but to me, it almost feels like it's something that's just living underwater where people aren't necessarily seeing the head. They're, they're just assuming something, but here's what I found. And Eric, you can correct me on anything that, that you found otherwise, but the Luska has been described in varying ways. Some cryptozoologists have suggested uh, it is merely a giant octopus that has been misidentified, which is kind of what I'm I'm leaning towards. Uh, some people say it grows up to 75 feet or as large as 200 feet long. Now, uh, many others have described the Luska as a half-shark, half-octopus hybrid monster. Uh, it has razor-sharp teeth and multi-sucker tentacles, it sometimes has many of the same characteristics as a colossal octopus, but has also been described at different times as having multiple heads, dragon-like features, or even appearing as a vaguely described evil spirit. Uh, some eyewitnesses have described the Luska as appearing like a squid-eel hybrid rather than the shark-octopus combination. Uh it's also said to be, oh, oh, I already mentioned that, 75 to 200 feet long. Uh, it can change colors, much like its smaller octopus species cousins. Uh, its habitat is rugged underwater terrain, large underwater caves, the edge of the continental or other areas where large crustaceans are found, as this is assumed to be its food source. Uh, there's also talk about these large rings in the Bahamas, uh, where they're they're blue rings. They must go pretty deep um, in the sea floor. Supposedly, there have been legends of the tentacles coming out of these holes to feed on people. Uh, whether you're swimming in those waters or are even remotely close to it, somewhere on land, and it can grab human beings off the land. Um, the oldest uh, encounter, I guess, uh, is they called it the St. Augustine Monster, and it was found November 30th, 1896, on a coast near St. Augustine, Florida. Evidence from an analysis done in 1995 suggested it was simply de- decomposing adipose tissue from a sperm whale. Like many globsters, though, that hasn't stopped the speculation. Uh, in 2005, it was reported by an underwater photographer that he was attacked by an octopus he described as being about 50 feet long. When the photographer put his camera out in front of him to protect himself, the octopus took the camera and disappeared into the into a cave. Now, my first speculation on that is why did it grab the, grab the camera and run unless it thought it had prey? Uh, 
Another account tells of a man who was swimming near a blue hole around sundown. He was violently grabbed and pulled underwater. The swimmer managed to get away and got get to shore and later noticed had huge sucker marks on his thigh where he had been grabbed. Again, to me that doesn't denote a large creature because if he got away, this thing is huge. There's no way somebody could get away from this. Um, once a crew of divers actively attempted to catch the Luska at some point during their expedition, they realized something large and heavy was pulling on the traps they had and set, they had set and was breaking the lines. One of these traps was pulled so hard that the boat was dragged along at a speed of one knot. At the time, onboard sonar revealed what was later described by the crew as a large pyramid-shaped creature after the boat was dragged for some distance, the line was slacked and the trap was pulled up. The crew saw that the trap was twisted and bent out of shape. And the last account I came across, and Eric, I don't know if you came across anything else, uh, and on January 18th, 2011, a body of what appeared to be a giant octopus washed up on the Grand Bahama Island in, in the Bahamas. It seemed to only be the head and mouth of the mysterious creature, leading local fishermen to speculate that the entire body might have been 20 to 30 feet long. Naturally, given the location and size, some theorized this creature might have been a Luska. Um, And that's pretty much all the documentation I came across. I found a couple websites. Most of them all said pretty much the same thing. So I don't know if you came across anything else. Yeah, I mean, not so much. You, you kind of covered the the vast majority of what is online right now because mm-hmm. this creature has yet to be found. There's only so much we can go on other than the legend itself. And of course, legends are often written down or passed by word of mouth. So these legends get mixed up and you come up with various tales. Uh, as you had already mentioned, the, some people say it's like a half shark, half octopus hybrid. Others say it's a drag has dragon-like features. Another one says it's an eel-like creature. Uh, the one thing that's vastly important though regarding it is one, it has tentacles that are very much uh they're they twist around like like Medusa's hair. You know, you ever think of the snakes and Medusa's hair and how they bite at each other and move all around, you know, that's kind of what these tentacles are like. And the shark portion can start at the fin, the dorsal fin, or uh, before the dorsal fin, uh, which means it might or may not have a dorsal fin. But the one main thing that this creature has is a an elongated mouth with razor-sharp teeth, uh, sometimes resembling a shark, sometimes not. Uh, but for the most part, it's something where uh, its teeth are at the forefront towards its head as opposed to underneath where the tentacles are like you would see in a typical octopus or a, or a squid. Um, <clears throat> now, one thing to, to note is that the Luca has been known to swim uh, at approximately the same speed of a jet ski. Uh, I don't know exactly what the miles per hour is. I think it's somewhere around 30, 35 at the highest. Um, so, you know, they're not horribly fast, about the same as a great white shark uh, at top speed, uh, but that speed is usually kept at a limit. So we don't know if this is a consistent speed or something that's just a quick burst. Well, the uh, quickest uh, speed on a jet ski, I really quick looked it up while you were talking. 
is uh, at the fastest, uh, depending on if there's been modifications or not, uh, can get up to 75 or even up to 90 if there's been modifications to the jet ski. Okay, so 75, that's a big difference. Um, So, which would still make sense, though, because if this creature is as big as they say it is, anywhere from 75 to 200 feet, um, that's already, I mean, 75 feet is already a third of the size bigger than a great white shark, the largest great white shark, roughly. And so, you know, that alone should show that there's enough power in its body to project itself at crazy amounts of speed. Now, why people haven't been able to find this creature is, as you had said, they tend to live in these, what are actually called blue holes, uh, also can be called blue circles. And they are trenches uh, that were formed by, uh, formed by, uh, by, by, by sinkholes. Uh, and if you look at Florida and the beaches around Florida uh, and the Southern uh, areas of the oceans uh, near the Gulf, uh, the Bahamas, things like that, all the underlying ground is like Swiss cheese. There's a reason why there's so many sinkholes in Florida. Uh, and what happens is when these sinkholes give out, they fill with water in the ocean that become these deep, uh, these deep blue holes. And the belief is, and, and there's some plenty of evidence to support the fact that these holes are interlinked by an underground cave system, uh, but that these creatures can then use that cave system to hide. And when they're doing that, it's very difficult to find them because we're limited on the amount of air uh, that our air packs can hold. Um, and, and therefore you can't really get very far. Now, there are a number of ideas behind what the Luska actually is. Uh, one that I thought was really interesting, and you had already kind of mentioned, uh, I believe you had said that uh, some people think it looks like a, uh, well, that is described uh, vaguely as an evil spirit. And I thought that was really interesting. So I did do a little bit of research into that. And what I ended up finding uh, was that <clears throat> in some of the folklore, it's believed that the ghost uh, or that this creature could be the ghost of a drowned woman who had transformed into a beast and that her hair, not tentacles, uh, would be gliding behind it uh, and while she's dragging men down to their grave. Uh, a creature that is very similar to this type of woman uh, or ghost would be the Banshee or the, uh, the Lalorona, Lalorona, I forget exactly. I think it's Lalorona. Yeah, um, uh, yep which is basically a specter caught in an endless loop uh, spurred by either grief or her anger. Uh, you know, also similar to what we would call in America, the lady in white or the white lady. Uh, this is a person mm. who, a woman who would dress in all white, sometimes on her wedding day, people believe that she died then or that she uh, went through some sort of traumatic experience where she was killed by the husband or she killed her children and walked uh, the Lonely Roads trying to pick up other people to kill as well. Uh, so that was something I thought was really interesting. Uh, another one is, of course, an evil spirit that takes the form of its intended victims, uh, whose fears are matching whatever it is they're seeing. So in this case, if somebody fears uh, a half shark, half octopus, then they would see a half shark, half octopus. Uh, and this is very similar to another particular creature that we know by a very famous writer named Stephen King. What has he created that does that same exact thing? 
Its name is Pennywise, the dancing clown. Uh, in the same way, that's what this ghost is believed to do. It feeds on people's fear. Uh, it lets them see it however they want to see it, and then it attacks. Um, now, the big thing here, though, to consider is with all of these types of spiritual things and just the stories in general, is that not everyone has been killed by this creature. You know, plenty of people have supposedly seen it and survived to tell the story. Uh, but there are people who avoid this area at all costs down in the Bahamas and the Keys. Uh, they will stay away in fear that this creature will show up uh, and attack their boats. Now, one other thing I do want to mention, which I thought was really weird, and maybe uh, we could talk on it a little bit, is that mm. <clears throat> some people believe that these creatures are actually a society that somewhere along our time on Earth forked right when it should have gone left, and they evolved underwater, not above, and became these sea creatures, much like the mermaid uh, or the siren, a very similar creature in that case. Uh, whether or not there is any human um, details to this creature, I, I mean, no one has ever said other than, of course, the spirit being maybe having the hair uh, flow behind it. Uh, but we don't really know, you know, it's it's a weird thing. Obviously, there's this idea of uh, other branches of humanity that exist in our world today, Bigfoot being one of them, uh, possibly this creature, maybe being part of the Atlantis um, people. We don't really know. Right. Well, the one thing I wanted to bring up to uh, before we kind of go into the whole Atlantis or or uh other worlds type thing um this thing has actually been featured on two tv series uh monster quest and river monsters uh, and jeremy wade had in river monsters had said that he thought that it, it sounded much like a giant pacific octopus when swimming these creatures can look like it has the head of a shark um, so that that's kind of interesting. Um, now there is in uh, sci-fi movies there is the Sharktopus movie. Apparently, the Sharktopus became something kind of like Godzilla because then they made two sequels: Sharktopus versus Terracuda and Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Werewolf was it a good one. <laughs> Sharktopus versus Werewolf was a good one. It was. <laughs> In a B-rated movie type of way. <laughs> well, that's all of sci-fi's <laughs> movies, B-rated type of way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, you know, I think we've kind of talked about mermaids and stuff in the past, and it is interesting because there have been some, not documentaries, but uh, docudramas made about how the mermaid would have evolved over time. Um, I don't know if you had seen it, Eric, but uh, I want to say they did them on the History Channel. There was one about if dragons were real and then if mermaids existed or something like that. Hmm. Um, but uh, the, the interesting thing about it was that they talked about if humanity evolved from apes like evolutionists say we have there was a uh 
part of the species that ended up going into the water, and then they eventually started forming uh, webs on their hands and their feet. Um, they really didn't go into why they would have evolved tails, but eventually the it would be kind of like what you see on a walrus or a seal where the joints would have more merged together for a stronger swimming creature. Um, and there, there have been tales of that, that the, um, let's say the shark was mermaids, um, were actually from the sinking of Atlantis as well. And the, the people evolved to live underwater instead of on land. My biggest take on it is if, if this creature were to be real, um, we've talked about it numerous times about sea creatures and even the, the creatures on land. There's so much of this world that is uh, unexplored that who knows if there's these things out there that we don't even know exist yet. Um, we've, we've seen the different un, uh, deep water pictures of different creatures, uh, fish, uh, jellyfish that are bioluminescent, stuff like that. And in a sense, you could probably figure that they, that the, the tales of cryptids might have come from something like that. Maybe somehow one got to the surface or washed up on land. So it's interesting that somehow people just shaped that this creature had a shark head and octopus-like tentacles on, on the back. Well, yeah, and you know, one thing that is important to, to note here is the area in which these creatures are found so like the bahamas or belize uh this place this place is very much known for its sharks uh, for its great hammerheads for uh its sand sharks its tiger sharks things like that so sharks are prominent in the area uh but then you have these octopus living down there as well so when you see a a creature like this like for example uh, actually there was an episode uh i forget what show it was but it was on shark week uh where somebody actually went and search for this Luska uh, to try to make sense of it. Uh, and they were looking for the, not, sorry, they weren't looking for the Luska, they're looking for the, the, the hammerhead sharks. Uh, but in the process, they learned about the Luska and was trying to consider like, why this Luska would exist if it did. Uh, and one theory is that somebody from the surface or even underwater uh, saw a shark actually attack an octopus and was eating it. And the legs, you know, obviously the tentacles and the shark meshed together as he was eating it. And people just thought, oh, my God, it's a shark you know, type of creature. Uh, but what, what's, what's weird about the, uh, the identity or the, the overall look of this creature is that people usually crossbreed the octopus with a great white shark. And the great white shark doesn't actually live in these areas. Uh, it's very, very rare to find them there. So why exactly great white? Probably just for the fear factor. But if it was to probably be crossed with anything, it'd be something more like a hammerhead, which, by the way, was seen as a sea monster uh, many centuries ago uh, because of its odd-shaped head uh, or one of these other tiger sharks or the sand shark. The, 
the thing that I like about this is there are um, tales of it being more of an eel uh, squid mm-hmm. hybrid. Um, and the one thing that I could think for that is, I mean, eels don't necessarily get that large. Uh, there, there are squid that do, um, but it, an eel that was somehow maimed where the tail had been frayed somehow, and they saw this thing and thought it was a baby Luska, um, that's where you kind of get into stuff too is there are stuff things that are misidentified because they've been injured so their body takes on a different form than what is the normal right so um i think this is a good place to take a break uh we do have another creature that we're going to bring up here uh it's another shark like creature But uh, before we get into that, we're going to hear Eric's random fact of the day, a quick commercial, and we'll be right back right after this. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that there's a company that is turning dead bodies into coral reefs? That's right. Eternal Reefs is a company that takes the remains of a body after cremation and places them into an environmentally safe cement mixture, which is designed to quickly assimilate into the natural ocean environment. The memorials are custom-made with the help of family members who decorate the damp cement with handprints, messages, and environmentally safe mementos. After it cures, it is then sent to the ocean floor, where it will create a permanent artificial habitat for sea life. This was Eric's random fact of the day. <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads. But this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. I, I got it. I got it. 
Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we were just talking about the Luska, a half-shark, half-octopus hybrid, also known as the Sharktopus. Uh, it's a pretty popular creature in, well, mainly in um, mainstream entertainment uh sci-fi channels yeah. made plenty of movies it's been talked about in books and, and various stories uh but this is a piece of folklore that originated in the caribbean and it's a very frightening creature when you consider it uh you, you think of giant sharks that would attack ships in the past uh something like the megalodon and something like the uh the the kraken you know two very mm. fearsome creatures of the past uh, myths uh, combined into one, which makes it even more frightening. But with that said, we do have a na- another creature to talk about. And as if Luska wasn't frightening enough, this one has a very frightening name. It is a legendary black demon shark of Mexico. Now, what exactly is the black demon shark? Well, it's a mystery. But there is, of course, speculation. Now, there is uh, plenty of stories that claim that this creature uh, usually hunts uh, in deep, deep water. Uh, It's known to be as dark as the night, uh, growing up to about 60 feet long and could be even larger. Uh, It's known, again, as the Black Demon Shark and known by locals as the El Domini. the El Dominio Negro, uh, which could also be larger than the Megalodon, which, of course, if you guys don't know, is the ancient shark that some, ty- some scientists believe could weigh up to 100 times the average weight of a great white shark. Uh, the Megalodon was basically a great white shark, 100 times larger. Uh, so that's creepy. You guys have probably been to a, uh, uh, a, a museum of some sort or Science even museum, to yeah. a, an aquarium You've probably seen jaws or, or teeth of it. Uh, not real jaws, real teeth. They still wash up on shore, especially in North Carolina. Uh, but the jaws are fabricated usually out of resin uh, to give you an idea of how big the creature was. Now, <clears throat> this particular creature, the black demon shark of Mexico, uh, many of these reported sightings of the shark have been in Mexico's Sea of Cortez, also known as the Gulf of California. This description of the shark is very large, maybe up to 60 feet long, perhaps larger. Nobody really knows for sure. Uh, But its skin color is described as being black as the night compared to the typical color of ash uh, that you might see in other sharks, uh, especially deep water sharks. Uh, And it is also said that the shark's mouth is wide enough to consume a whale. Now, The Sea of Cortez itself features more than 170 species of sharks and has an abundant biodiversity that includes giant squids, 
and great white sharks. And yet the idea of this black demon shark size is still hard to believe. Uh, to date, actually, a couple of major television programs have hunted the shark, uh, one being, again, Monster Quest, uh, the first mm-hmm. hunt of the Black Demon Shark, which aired in 2009. Uh, and the other one was The Mystery of the Black Demon Shark, which was actually on Shark Week. And I watched it uh, this past summer, 2021. Uh, that was in July. It was really interesting to watch. Now, <clears throat> The question is, what exactly is this creature? Is it real? Is it misidentification? Uh, and there's quite a bit of speculation here. Uh, you know, one in particular is the idea that it was misidentification and that the misidentification was that of a whale shark. Uh, now, while whale sharks are not black and they actually have white spots all over their body, Uh, Mm -hmm. when viewing them from above, that is from the surface of the water looking down, uh, they kind of have a very dark silhouette to them uh, because they are a dark gray. And with those white spots, it makes that gray even darker uh, as color contrast. So when you're seeing them from the surface, they would appear very dark. Uh, In addition, they do have very big gaping mouths, which they actually feed on zooplankton rather than large fish and mammals. But it could confuse fishermen, swimmers, uh, boaters, the like, uh, as to what exactly this creature was, especially if they don't know what a whale shark looks like. Right. Well, and I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about it where there are people that say Megalodon is alive and well in our seas and I, I did see the the theory that maybe it's a megalodon that has melanism where it's caused its skin to go completely black. Uh, and sharks have been known to have albinoism, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that melanism is also a... Uh, I, I don't want to say deformity, but, but a, a disorder in sharks um, as well. Or it it just causes those those abnormalities, so that does make sense about the whale shark, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough is I was obsessed with the whale shark as a kid just because I'm like, is it a shark? Is it a whale? What is it? But it, it's it's really large. Um, I think even larger than a sperm whale, right? Because sperm whale is one of the largest whales out there, isn't it? Or a blue well, whale. Well, the blue is. whale is the largest. Uh, yeah. and, and the whale shark, um, now the reason it is a shark as opposed to a whale, now it's called the whale shark because of its size, but a whale shark does have a dorsal fin, much like a shark. Uh, its pectoral fins are very similar, the ones that go out to the sides. Its tail is also uh, perpendicular, uh, or I'm sorry, vertical. As opposed to horizontal. Now, a whale's tail oh, whale. uh, yeah. is horizontal right. when it swims. Whale shark is vertical and swims very much like a shark. Very slow-moving shark, a very gentle shark. They don't go out of the way to hurt people. They're very gentle, although I have seen somebody get hit by the tail of one of these sharks while diving near them, and it broke a large majority of their ribs. <laughs> so, you know, obviously still a very dangerous creature, 
but it's not going to go out of its way to attack somebody. It feeds on little tiny plankton and has no care whatsoever about the people around it or any other creature. Right. Yeah, only dangerous because we're stupid enough to get close enough to be injured by it. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, that's pretty much everything that you had come up with um, is what I came across to uh, that it's been on Monster Quest uh, that it was spotted as, as recent as 2008 but it aired on Monster Quest in 2009 and um, I don't know if you had seen this the weight to me is way off in comparison to the size that they're saying. So they're saying 20 to 60 feet long, but 50 to a hundred thousand pounds. That to me is a huge variance, but maybe it's just because of the size variance. I don't know. Well, well, you're considering, yeah. I mean, you're considering the length of the creature, but you're not considering the width of the creature, which we don't know. So the width is going to add significant amount of mass as well. Um, but then also the type of material, lack of a better word, <laughs> that it's made out of, uh, such as very dense muscle tissue uh, to make it very strong. Density means weight. Uh, so even if it doesn't appear to be very large, it could be very heavy. Uh, and also whether or not it has any blubber on it is going to factor into more potential weight uh as well so there are certain things to consider when it comes to because it, it makes sense you know you would think something that size would weigh a little less or something like that um but not necessarily especially with the creature as big as they're saying right the interesting thing to note about both of these creatures is it's on two separate areas in um of the of the U.S. because if you're talking about the Sea of Cortez, that's over by California, uh, on the same border as Mexico, and then you've got the Bahamas, which is on the eastern shore or eastern side of the U.S. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, sharks are usually more on the western coast, though, or am I wrong on that? No, you're wrong. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're in the Antarctic seas. They're up north. They're through the Atlantic and the Pacific and the Gulf. Because I've heard somebody say, and maybe it was just they're they're saying it because of the sightings, that there are more sightings in the Pacific than there are in the Atlantic of sharks. I mean, there, there may be, but yeah, there's no difference. I mean, you figure... I mean, I don't really know what better way to put it, but I mean, one thing you have to consider is the type of storms that exist over the the seas. So the Pacific, not that there aren't storms over the Pacific, but the Pacific is much larger and therefore a storm may not affect as much of the sea. Uh, And one thing that's important to understand is when a storm is coming in, sharks typically dive very deep. And so you won't see them as often at the surface. And in the Atlantic, especially through the summer months, primarily uh, June, July, and then all the way through October, that's hurricane season. And when you get a hurricane developing in the southern uh, 
in the summer uh, near the southern hemisphere so it's the northern hemisphere but right near the equator it's going to turn up the ocean like a vast amount of the atlantic ocean like some of these storms when they hit florida their tailwinds are hitting the northeast you know ohio new york maine that's how large some of these systems are so these sharks are probably diving deeper to get away from the choppy waters because it's safety. Uh, it's not as dangerous at the bottom of the ocean. And so you might not see sharks as often during those times. But again, you know, to say that there's more in one ocean than the other, not necessarily true other than the one ocean is much larger and therefore maybe has the potential to contain more creatures. Okay. So overall, doing the research and, and looking at both of these things, um, what are kind of some of your final thoughts on on either of them? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm very suspicious, of course, about the the Luska. I think the idea of a hybrid shark octopus creature just is craziness. <laughs> you know, uh, not that it can't happen, but it wouldn't make sense. It doesn't have. If you look at the photos, at least, you'd have to understand the biology, and I guess somebody would have to experiment and come up with the like some sort of biological um, render of what this creature is uh, and how it like how it lives, I guess, because it doesn't really have a stomach based on the pictures. And if it does, where does its lungs go? Where does its heart exist? You know that kind of thing. So it just doesn't seem fallible um, that the type of creature exists. On the flip side, the black demon shark, I think, is very much a possibility, much like the megalodon still being alive. Uh, the ocean is extremely vast, extremely deep, uh, and we're talking miles worth of deepness here uh, that have yet to be explored. So, you know, there, I think there's something like 80% of the ocean that is yet to be explored. So maybe there is a creature like the black demon shark that does exist. There are plenty of species still being discovered to this day. And this one could be one that is yet to be fully discovered uh, officially. Now, that's not to say it isn't mistaken identity. Again, we've already talked about the whale shark, which is the longest fish on earth, uh, upward of 60 feet long. Uh, you also have the great white shark, which again, viewed from the surface could look very dark. Uh, and of course, manta rays even. Now the manta ray occupy the Sea of Cortez as well and are large, very fascinating animals. Uh, they can reach up to 23 feet across, but also have the largest brains of any fish. Now, most importantly, they're often completely black across their top, which could, of course, lead to confusion, making people believe that maybe this was some sort of shark. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the manta ray, they're crazy cool. Uh, I actually saw one in North Carolina jump out of the water while I was surfing. Uh, I think it was last year. And it was, it, they're, they're just cool creatures. <laughs> yeah, that's one that I've always been fascinated with, too. Um, and I, I tend to agree with you. I, the, the Luska, as, as I've said about these numerous cryptids, I would love to believe that this thing is real. Um, also, that it, for some reason, has a dragon aspect to it. I didn't see anywhere in the research that says why. Um, it also there was also mentioned in the research that it has multiple heads. Again, why? Because there's no 
what we would call eyewitness accounts of it having multiple heads. Um, other than what you're seeing from above water, seeing something below water. Um, I honestly think it's a misidentification. I do agree with Jeremy Wade uh, from River Monsters that I think this was a misidentification of a giant Pacific octopus or even a squid, a giant squid, because it underwater, it would almost look like a shark's head. Both mm-hmm. of those things. Um, is that really what it, it is going on? I don't know, but I, I really think that it's just a misidentification with the black demon. I, I agree with you hundred percent that whether it's a shark, uh, a manta ray, um, a whale shark, um, maybe it is Megalodon, uh, with, with melanism either from the, the, uh, whale shark side, or if it's Megalodon, if it's a shark of any kind, uh, melanism is, is something that would make it look so dark, especially underwater. Um, but, uh, it is interesting that you brought up the manta ray thing because I, I actually, I didn't even think about the manta ray as, as a misidentification for this creature, because to me, I, I, I know the anatomy of a, of a manta ray, but to me, it, the, the tail does not look that close to a shark's tail, but if you're above water and you're looking below, you could probably see something that's not there too. Well, I guess it also depends on how deep the manta ray is because the manta ray's tail is very thin and pointed. So uh, many times you probably wouldn't even notice the tail. You would just see this width on the creature uh, and you wouldn't see the tail until it got closer to you. So, Right. But so I, I think we're both on the same page. We're thinking misidentification. I agree. Okay. Yes. Until um, I see one with my own eyes, which hopefully doesn't happen while I'm in the ocean. <laughs> right. But until then. You better have some waterproof camera on you while you're surfing to get the, <laughs> get the evidence. Because you and I have had this conversation before where you're driving and you think you see something. Or you're right. someplace and you think you see something. And then you don't have a camera or you're not able to get to your camera to take pictures. Yeah, no, you're right. You know what? I should pick up the full spectrum just in case these cryptids are ghosts or some sort of aliens that like to go invisible. Right. Yeah. That, and who knows, maybe these, all of these cryptids that we talk about, like you said at the beginning of the show about how they're all being labeled as aliens, but maybe they're the pets of extraterrestrials and they're just being left here because I don't know, the aliens have a sick sick sense of humor and they're like, wow, the humans can deal with it. (laughs) I mean, it could be, could be experimentation of some sort crossbreeding and then releasing into the wild to see what happens. Uh, Can it become the top of the food chain? Can it not? Who knows? Yeah. All right. So I think that's pretty much all we've, got on the black demon shark and Luska. Um, the one thing I did want to bring up is uh, I, if you guys haven't seen the posts, if you haven't seen, uh, haven't been getting the updates because you follow us or, or 
subscribe to us. Uh, all of our uh, backlog episodes are back up and running for you to enjoy. I did want to mention thank you to all of our YouTube listeners for commenting on Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff. Um, I've been seeing a lot of comments coming from YouTube. Uh, If we don't reply, more than likely it's just because we don't have anything really to say on what you're saying, but it is interesting. I do try and make sure we're at least liking your comments. Um, The one thing, Eric, that I'm sure you probably saw is somebody was looking for Justin fall or Mm -hmm. why he hasn't been doing videos lately. So, uh, Justin fall, if you're listening, you are missed by your listeners. So, uh, maybe do a teaser video or something to let everybody know you're still around. Um, but next week, what are your thoughts, Eric? What should we cover next week? Hmm. It's a good question. Very good question. Uh, why don't we go into, well, we, we, we could get into some of the mermaid stuff actually. And the sirens. I mean, we've talked a little bit about it in, uh, I forget which episode it was, uh, it's a long time ago though, but I think it might be with, a fun little thing. With Varla Ventura. I think we, yes, she has a book. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, it, so, you know, and as it is when we have guests on who, uh, write books, you know, these are usually cryptids, or creatures or ghosts that are just briefly talked about on our show. So I think we should definitely go a little deeper into that. Right. Yeah, that works. I I think that it would be interesting to delve into uh, mermaid siren uh, lore because sirens are something that come from Greek and Roman folklore. Mermaids kind of come more from the Caribbean pirate-like area of of our past so stay tuned for that folks um we've got some good news coming uh nothing that can be announced just yet but uh stay tuned to paratruth radio to find out about everything that's coming to paratruth uh we're working on some cool guests for october uh we have talked i think to death everything halloween but um, we are working on some out of the norm for our Halloween and eventually for Christmas time as well. Because we have, I think we've kind of covered pretty much everything there is for bo- both of those seasons. Yeah, unfortunately. But when you're on <laughs> air for as long as we've been on. Right. She says what it is. But uh, all right, folks, until next week, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is That's what 
Ransomware is all about is psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise, and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.